to have you here. Let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Amen. Church is starting to uh, get, you know, gradually each Sunday, we're starting to see more and more people get back. If you're a guest today, we're so glad you're here. If you take that connection card, take it to the guest kiosk when you walked in, they're going to give you a free t-shirt that says live life on purpose, no cost whatsoever. We just want you to know you were created on purpose for a purpose. And so just our gift to you. There's also a CD out there that uh, can help you as well. Um, You know, if you're just kind of getting started in the Lord, there's that as well. We just want to Again, bless you and, and just thank you for coming. This morning I want to talk about raising your sights. And it's, it's great that the Lord is confirming things. Uh, Pastor Kim, I mean, I send my notes to the media and all that so that they put that on the Bible app and whatnot. But, um, you know, I, I just do what the Lord wants me to do. That's my thing. I want to, I want to be obedient to him. And what this message is kind of, it's kind of like looking back in a sense and, and looking forward, but actually dealing with now. Um, this next year, we're going to talk, uh, and I'm going to do some messages out of the book of Revelation and, and different things like that, because we're kind of living in some of that stuff, right? There's a lot of stuff that's going on, and <clears throat> that, that book is really deep. I mean, you can turn to your neighbor and go, man, that's deep, because it's, there's so much stuff, but yet we're seeing things played out a little bit and going, okay, uh, wow. This is, I've never seen this before, or, or is this something the Bible has talked about? So I want us to understand the importance and the significance of living in this world right now. Did you know not only were you created on purpose for a purpose, one of that, I believe that purpose is to tell people about God. It's just to show how good God is in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of just world and stuff going on, that God would say, you know what, that's my kid, and I'm going to take care of my kid. And people will just look around and go, how did that happen? What is going on? I need you to raise your sights. Because what we do is we live in, and and if we're just, I mean, we've all done it, myself included, we kind of get stuck. We just go to work, do what we do, take care of the baby, you know, whatever, it is, fix the donuts, fix the meals, whatever that is. And we almost feel like we're just kind of walking through life like this. I want you to raise your sights. If nothing else this morning, I want this to be a wake-up call to say, you know what, God, there's more. Did you know that God is so deep you can't get to the end of him? I mean, he's like so huge, so vast. In the beginning was God. I mean, he just always was. But you're like, well, Brad, if I can't get to the end of him, no, but you can give him all of you. He can get to the end of you. So let's raise our sights. Have you ever been challenged to think bigger? I mean, bigger than what you think. Because sometimes, again, just doing life, you know, it's this many years till I retire. It's, this is how much I have. And this is how much my 401k will. And this is what will happen. And this is what this costs. And, oh, you know, and, uh there's so many things that we, we need to raise our sights on. There's more going on, I can tell you this, in the world than you and I know about. And everything that appears to be going on, sometimes we think this is happening. Sometimes things that aren't so good are happening. And we need to, you know, as my, as my wife and I, we've been talking, and we need to make sure that we are so tied to the Father that we are not deceived. In other words, we are so in touch with God that we know him and we are not deceived. Because if there's anything that happens contrary to the book, it's not God. 
And there are some things, the enemy is a good imposter. He always does things that he mocks or to copy God. There's always, he's doing things like that. He's always taking something and he's putting a little twist or a little spin on it. But it'll remind you, oh man, that must be. You know, there's people that are around and about in this world that can do good things or remind you of good, but they are not sponsored by God. There's a word for us. You want to be, I want to be sponsored by God. And now a word from our sponsor. I'm Brett Gleesman, and I approve of this message. Okay. I want dreams that I have to be big. If, there, if the dreams that you have, now again, this is not just a, we just came through Christmas. This isn't a Santa list of dreams. This is, I mean, God, my life, my children. I want them to be big, but if it's just me, and if I can do this on my own, then God's probably not involved in that dream. Because how many knows God is bigger than what you can think, what you could ask? He's bigger than that. So I want my dreams to involve him because I can't get to the end of my dream that he put in there without him. You see, I want to raise my sights. I think God is in the habit of issuing challenges like that. I think he's looking for his kids to look bigger, to raise their sights, and how to respond to what Jesus did. And free. I mean, my wife said it, and again, she doesn't know what I'm going to say, but everything that we need has been provided for according to his riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. So what I need, God has already provided for, and if I have what I need, wouldn't I act different than what I do if I don't have what I need? If I have what I need, and there's sometimes I have just been, again, I think sometimes I have been entertainment for heaven. And I've said, God, I'm still waiting on this, and I'm still da, 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 and I'm believing for this. And he would say, no, you're not. And I'd be like, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You cannot win an argument with God. Then he's just quiet. And then I said, well, I am too. And then he says stuff like, well, if you already have it, how come you don't act like that? And then I'm quiet. Because I can't answer that. Because if I believed I already received it, then I would act differently. You know, if I gave, if I was handing out checks, say somebody in here and I said, you know what? I'm going to give you a check. Right now I'm going to call you up and I'm going to hand you a check for $500. And I wrote it out and just handed it to him. What would the person do? They would go, would they do this? Thanks. No, there's a good chance they'd be like, sweet baby Jesus. This is awesome. Mother of Abraham Lincoln, whatever you want to say. Woohoo! Yes. And you'd be like, $500. Yes. What are you, and you're already starting to plan. What am I going to do with it? It's new tires for the car. It's this. It's that. It's the vacation we want. We are going to see Mickey. Whatever. You'd have all these thoughts. Why are you acting like that? Because I just gave you a paper that says $500 on it. You don't have it yet. But it's a promise note. It's a check. And as far as you're concerned, all I got to do is cash it. And the money goes into my account. What I'm trying to get to you is, what he did is in your account. So you can respond differently than how we have been, because the enemy will come in, doubt, unbelief. Let's look at Genesis. Look at what God is telling 
Abram. 13, 14 through 17 of Genesis. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, west. I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I'll give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction for I'm giving it to you. He told Abram to lift up his eyes. In other words, raise your sights. You're thinking too small. See, Abram's looking for an heir, and God's saying, I'm going to give you more, and you can even count. Now, I could go on and on about God took him out to show him a picture of the stars in the sky and the sand on the beach just so he could kind of get an idea. And I think God does that with us. He does it with me. He shows me things, and then I'm like, oh, because I can grab that concept. He can give me that word picture. God has more than what you think. Everybody say, but God. Do not limit your thinking by just you. Start saying, you know what, God, show me what you want. Show me what you want me to do. What do you, and, and it might not make sense. But trust me, there is a plan, and he has it. He is telling Abraham, I'm going to give you more than what you'd ever even ask or think. See, small thinking gets us small expectations. I don't think about much. I don't expect much. There's people out here that said, I'm not going to do this, because if I do this, then I'm committed, and I'm just not even going to, you know, you've heard the phrase, well, one shoe goes down, wait till the other shoe drops. I'm not going to take off my shoes, then no shoe will drop, and there you go. There's no faith in that, because you're basing everything off your strength, your thinking. I'm not saying that everybody in here is a, a stinky thinker. Switch that around, you'll be like, oh, my word. But anyway, I'm just saying we need to think bigger. We need to raise our sights. I think God is asking us, because when we raise our sights to say, God, what do you want me to do? He does something remarkable. He does something more. Let's even look at the children of Israel. They, you know, they were in bondage for over 400 years, and they're having all this, these issues. And their sights became just kind of their world because things didn't happen in the time frame they wanted them to. Uh, Jesus hadn't come yet. You know, there's talk of the Messiah, but, you know, of course, this is Old Testament to New Testament. Their faith faltered. We know all of that. And as they were leaving Egypt, they were, hey, we could have had leeks and onions. You brought us out here to die. And they go back, thinking back to that old mindset. I do believe that uh, Jesus is coming back soon. Now, I don't know when that is. The Bible doesn't tell us. No man knows that. Jesus is waiting on God to say, son, go get him. But I do, I mean, there are things going on now that hadn't gone on before that have been lining things up. If we, you know, if we're looking at the word going, is this possible? And there was talk even years ago, could so-and-so be the Antichrist? And there's people thinking, oh, I think he is, and I think this, and I think that, and Blah, 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 blah. And they, and they line it. It's amazing that people want to diffuse the Bible, but yet they line every argument up with the Bible. It's, that's just crazy to me. So, Brett, what, what are you saying? I'm saying I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I am saying that's the winning side. So raise your sights and start saying, no matter how this happens, in him we live, we move, we have our being. Jesus has all power, and he is going to win. It's already done. So we might as well just grab a hold of that and say, God, if I'm going to live and move in your, your inside of me, I'm going to let your spirit 
I'm going to raise my sights. Why would you think? Some of us are like this. We don't think too much of ourselves. We don't think that we could. We'll never do that. That's good for Brett. That's good for this or that's good for that. But that would never be me. Why not? Why not you? Gideon said stuff like, huh. I'm not, you know, the angel called him mighty warrior. Gideon's kind of like, you talking to me? I mean, he's hiding on a threshing floor. Are you talking to me? You see, God sees you bigger than you see yourself. You have stuff in you that you haven't even tapped into yet. And you know why? Because you have small thinking. Not me, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm not saying I don't struggle with some of that too. What I'm trying to tell you is God says, I've got more for you than you think. Could you just imagine more than you think? What if God did something more than you think? There's people that have said, you know what, I don't believe God could heal me. So the minister said, would you believe that you won't get any worse? The guy said, yeah, I can believe that. He said, okay, I'll agree with you, you won't get any worse. And the guy didn't get any worse. And he said, wow, I was going downhill pretty steady but I believed I wouldn't get any worse, and I didn't. If I can believe I'm not going to get worse, then I can believe I can get better. And I think God's up there going, what if you would raise your sights? You see, we live in survival, especially now in a pandemic. We don't have enough toilet paper. We need more toilet paper. I'm not going to expound on that. but what if we would say you know what God you tell me what to do and it's okay if you are saying you know what I don't know what this is going to but I feel that I'm supposed to put some things away there's some prophecies out there you should store some things up to store some things up pretty simple doesn't mean you're you know you're off your rocker it just means I'm being obedient what if it's to store things up and God's saying because so and so isn't and you're going to need to help them isn't that what he does what if it's for your family, for your kids? Or what if you don't have to store anything up? He's not told you that and you're just fine. You're still good. Because if you don't feel that, or maybe you're just like, that's silly. I'm not thinking that. You might want to think past what you're thinking. Whatever God is telling you, just listen to him. If we're going to inherit these promises, that's why we, we're talking about Abram right now, because he just took God by faith. Okay. God said, you know, I mean, he's, he's thinking this. Like, again, sometimes we think survival. We're thinking, I need to make my car payment. What if you would think, Lord, I believe if I follow you, you'll show me what I can do, an idea or concept, where I could pay my car off. Then I could take that money and I could do something else with it, whatever you want me to do with it. Think past yourself. Abraham, it's time to raise your sight. It's time to look up. So our first thought this morning is, What we're thinking, our vision needs to grow. It needs to get past the end of our nose. Life is not just about you. We are here to show people about Jesus. We're left to the goodness of God. And we are to bring, I think, positivity back and joy back into the world that seems to be all because of the enemy and fear. I'm not saying we're not going through a pandemic. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not being not real. What I'm telling you is there, there are places to stand and where you're going to stand. I don't have all the answers, but I know who does. So I'm going to stand with him. So I'm going to put my trust, I'm going to put everything that I have, everything of who I am and whose I am in the one that made me. So if I'm connected to him, 
then he's going to talk to me about what I need to do or not to do. He'll meet my immediate needs, some that seem impossible, some are other needs that he'll just, he'll just do. Not just... People have asked us sometimes, how did you get that paid off, God? You just did it with God. What'd you do? Well, it's kind of like you just work at it. I mean, I, I didn't see a payoff angel float down, and, but it, we just continually, I would like to know where that angel is, though. That would be really nice. But we just continually did what God said. We were obedient with the rest of all the, well, all the money of what he told us to do with, and he would just start blessing us. And so then we would apply, the, and we'd just listen to what he said. Sometimes we did this. Sometimes he said, so over here. Do that, do whatever. And again, Pastor Kim was talking about we need to hear God. We need to listen to the gifts that he has. You are to be part of the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. For real. There should be a, there should be a, a difference. If I'm going to hang out with someone, I should be able. No, I'm not. This is what, boy, there's so much. Some people say, well, you can't hang out with unbelievers. How are they going to get to be a believer if you don't ever talk to them? You got to influence somebody. That's what Jesus did. He just walked and just, you know, and people were like, how did that happen? And so he'd tell them a parable and they'd be like, hey, I don't understand. And he'd just kind of pull them with him. And they would walk with him a little more and he would unfold a little more truth. We should be able to distinguish the believers from the non believers. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. Jesus did. Now, he, you know, I'm not saying we don't need to do things in love, but I'm, and I'm not saying we, we snap the plumb line, but I am saying we need to be who God wants us to be. God wanted Abraham to think more than just himself, just a plot of land to take care of his sheep. He's talking nations, generations upon generations. You know, I, I think as we follow God and we raise our sights, the gifts will begin to start happening, not just in our service, but how about in your home? How about stories in your home where like, oh, my word, look what just came. Look at this check. How'd this check get here? Or look, I prayed and my child got better immediately or within the hour or however that wants to be, but you believe by his stripes they were healed. So you watch that fall and act out. Galatians 3.29 says, we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In other words, what God told Abraham is for you. 3.29 says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are the heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So secondly, if we want to walk as children of God, then obedience, your obedience brings blessing. You doing what God says brings blessing. We want to raise our sights and see the covenant of Abraham, then we have to believe it. It's simple to say, sometimes it's hard to do. It's simple to say when we're outside and somebody else is going through something to tell them, oh, you need this, this, or this. But when we're in the battle and it's in our zone, it's a little harder. When you're laying on the table, or it's a little harder. It's easier to be the sideline umpire, isn't it, than to be the one down in the, in the foxhole going through the battle. 
So we have to say, okay, God, again, we go back to, you know what? This isn't just about me because in, in you I live, I move, I have my being. So where I need strength, I'm going to grab it from the place I know that's got it, and that's you. Genesis 12, 1 and 3 says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you, curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. There's so many promises packed in that scripture that could last a lifetime. Amplified says this, go for yourself for your own advantage away from your country. That's Genesis 12, 1 in the Amplified. You see, that's what we don't understand. It is much better to just obey because then blessing comes out of obedience. I mean, if we don't obey, will God still love you? Absolutely. That never changes. You can't do anything to make him not love you. But obedience you know, when we were first called into ministry and we, we had to leave, it was, it was hard for us because other people, you know, and it's easy for, and I mean this best, but they're like, oh, yeah, okay, great, yeah, okay. But, you know, we were leaving everything, going to towns that we didn't know anybody in. We don't know where the bank is, the grocery store. We don't, you know, we, we knew where our house was and how to get to the church. Hopefully we could remember. You know what I'm saying? It just... And, and then all the new people, now I'm working for other people that I didn't know and new job titles and all of that. So my kids became very close because they were each other's best friends. They grew up together and our family was very tight because of things that we did in ministry. Now when we moved, we would almost think sometimes that would be like, whew, that's really tough. It was tough, but the advantage of the blessing was my kids today, you couldn't, you couldn't pry them. They love each other with a fierceness because they grew up holding and hurting and loving and laughing. Zach one time fell off a, a rock wall, was on a youth event, and he fell like 30 feet, broke the femur bone in his leg and broke his arm, hit his head bad on the way down, was bleeding and you know, was really, I think, trying to fight to stay in consciousness, and, and we probably could have lost him. His, his older sister, Mallory, the worship leader, she did not, she was, she's, she's like her. Now, and, and Mama, I don't know if Mama really taught her all of them. You know, it was just kind of, it's just in there. You know what I'm saying? Because if he's in you, then when that voice is heard, he's like, coming through, if you let him. She, in the middle of all of that, they were, there were people just looking like, how are we going to help Zach? What are we going to do? I mean, he, he's got a broken, you know, the femur bone's the biggest bone you it's it's your leg it's not like down by your ankle it's like here he's in major pain and he's fighting for his life Mallory is like and now he's bleeding and there's people that are freaking out and she is just like boom she just hits tongues and she gets down and she's got her hands on him Zachary and she's speaking in tongues and she's talking and you know we've we got to Zach when he was at the ER that's when we got there but what I'm trying to tell you is the blessing is in the obedience. Because when you just are walking with God, it's one of those things, you need to be doing it before the game day. You need to be doing it before the things happen. You need to be doing it so when, if anything comes your way, you can say, hey, listen, you seen Diana Ross, this is bigger, stop. You ain't coming here. You ain't coming here. 
This isn't happening right now because you have to come through me. And if you're coming through me, guess who's in me? And he's bigger than you. You have to grab a hold of what I'm trying to tell you today. Lord, what are you wanting me to do? Some of you who I'm talking to now are saying, I know I'm supposed to do that. I've been putting it off, or I'm afraid to do that. I don't want to get hurt again. I'm telling you, you need to get God. You need to help me right here because I'm going to do what you tell me, period. And when we do that, it breaks things. You understand disobedience has the enemy still gives him rights to try to keep a hold of you. But when we're obedient, it shakes things loose. Some of us need to be loose today. Many times we associate obedience with, oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to be, I won't like it. What if we changed our viewpoint? What if we raised our sights? Old lifestyles gone away. New things are coming. Old habits are broken. Old patterns of thinking. He starts changing the way we think. Look at Romans 12 too. It's an amazing scripture. And it says God will help change the way you think. I love that. So God, if I'm not thinking right, help me. Genesis 12, 2 and 3, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All families on earth will be blessed through you. If these are promises to Abraham, they're promises to you. What I'm trying to tell you is, raise your sights, because it's not wrong to be blessed, because what if you're being blessed so you can help more people? If people are hungry, hey, I got that, let me feed you. No, 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 seriously, let me feed you. You know, we, we got to help some families for Christmas this year. We helped several families. We were glad to do that, because it's part of what we believe God wants us to do. So that's wonderful. But you know, the whole thing is, I want it to reflect, not us, but us to reflect God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me say it, God said it. I just copy what he does. So we just start doing those kind of things. We start raising our sights. I believe there's so much power in the blood of Jesus. I want this community and surrounding areas to know TLC, True Life Church, because of how we demonstrated the goodness of God. This next year, we're going to try to raise our sights and try to do more things to help people. I want us to be known for being good to others or, oh, wow. I made a new friend, uh, I'm not to embarrass you, but I met him last week, it's good to see you, my friend. And he said, he came here last, he came Christmas Eve, and he said, I just, I've just heard some great things about this church. I don't know where he heard him from, you can talk to him later. <laughs> Hopefully I'll just, you know, but I was so blessed by that because that's what we want. We want people to go, you know what? That church there has just been incredible. We're not down in any other church. I'm not here to do that. What I'm here to say is I want to be known as, as a church that just is after the heart of God. The blessings that God's saying just keeps flowing from his mouth. In verse 3, we find, I will bless those who bless you. Uh, you know, so he's just saying, I'm just, if you obey, I'm going to do all of these things. Your families and all of the people that are with you are going to be blessed. We have to seek first 
the kingdom. Now understand, not this, we don't want the spirit of getting. Here's the thing. When you give, God does bless you, and there are things that you get. But the, the heart behind it is, I didn't give to get. Now, there's a, there's a whole teaching on that for expectancy. Yes, I gave because I expect God to meet all those needs. So I'm just not, I'm trying to keep it in the context so you know, if my heart is just, I just want to hoard, I just want to get, then we have the wrong heart. But God wants us to be a blessing. He wants us to, to live in abundance so that we can show others how good he is. Now, if you are an old meanie, you've been, and you look like every time you talk to somebody and you're eating oatmeal through a gas pipe, that's how your face looks, and you know, <clears throat> that's probably not going to be great for the love of God. But people are going to be drawn to people that just walk in love, that just walk and do what God wants them to do and be led by his spirit. I think it's time for us to raise our sights, to expect God to do what God does in our services and in our homes. What if God wanted you to pray for somebody in a, in a restaurant instead of saying, I'm going to invite them to church, which I think that's great. But I, and hopefully then pastor will get to pray for them. You know, I have people stop me in supermarkets and stuff and go, hey, if I came to your church, would you pray for me? And, you know, and if I brought my nephew or my grandson or grand, would you pray for them? I said, absolutely, I'll pray for them. Let's pray right now. And then you can bring them to church and let's pray. And we've done that and God's supernaturally healed people. It's just been incredible. What if it's you? You understand that God loves me, but God loves you too. And the same God that's in me is in you. And so, but your sights are, this is just pastor's work. Really? Show me where that's at. It's not in there. It is part of what I do, but it's part of what you do. And all of us here are ministers to some extent, somewhere. No, Brad, I'm just a mom. Tell me you're not ministering to your children. Tell me you're not raising them in the, in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I'm telling you, we're all ministers. Our third thought this morning is responsibility. It's your responsibility. It is up to us to pass to those in our sphere of influence, to our children or whoever, about how good God is. It's up to us. Do you understand if we're just waiting on people to see the sign on the building or, oh, pastor better preach something catchy, you know? <laughs> What's that one? Being uh, Living uh, right side up in an upside down world or, you know, whatever. I mean, he better have something catchy. You know, I try to come up with some things catchy, and sometimes they don't come out so catchy. She catches them before you ever get them. I thought they were real good, and she's like, you cannot say that from the pulpit. Why not? I got it. She goes, I know. See, God is working in my life. But it's our responsibility to pass on faith. It's our responsibility to pass on how good God is. It's our responsibility to show our children how good. I mean, I pulled all our children. When God does something good, I brought them in. Look what God did. Look how God did that. Look what God, we had money left on the door, and we were believing for $500, and nobody knew it but our kids. And we had just prayed that and sowed seed, and, and the next thing we know, we got $500 taped to the door. I don't know to this day who gave it. It said, to the man of God, $500. It was exactly what we prayed for. My kids looked at that and went, oh. I just told my son, I said, hey, you want to see a big check? He said, why not? I said, all right. Pulled out a check. It said, made out to me, it's for over $43,000. Now, before you go, oh, my word, it's not for me to spend. 
It was for, I had a heart attack the day before Father's Day, and one of the bills was 43000 and something. And so you say, well, Brett, that because you signed up for some kind of insurance plan or whatever, and that's, you can say whatever you want, but does not God direct our steps? Just the fact I get to sign that check and pay that bill. Oh, hallelujah. I showed it to, to Pastor Kim. The first thing out of her mouth was the first thing out of my mouth. She goes, glory to God. He gets the credit for it. Come on, somebody, because God will order your steps. Genesis 18, 19 says, I've singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. You see, he picked Abraham because Abraham's gonna say, do you see that? Do you see that? Let me tell you about God. Let me show you about God. You see how good God is? You know, we've told all our kids the whole, our life, they could say whatever they want, but they cannot say we've never said, we did this, God did this. How'd you get here? God did that. How'd that happen? God did that. How'd you, God? We've had people come and just say, I, I've just got to see this God. I mean, I don't understand. You know, and here's the thing. People that don't really have that relationship with God will be like, I need that relationship with God. That is amazing. I can't take credit for it. It is just me listening and doing what he says. That's it. Have you missed it? Oh, yeah. I've missed it. And then he sends a safety net. Her name is Kim. We won't go there anymore. It's important for me to teach not only my children, but my grandchildren to show them how good God is, to let them see the goodness of God. God is looking for people that will raise their sights that will say, in the middle of a pandemic, do you believe me? Could I not get you through it? Are you afraid? Did you know the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear? And in God, there's perfect love. So the more that I'm in God, the more that I'm not afraid. I don't know how he's gonna do it. I don't even understand. I just have to stand under it. I just have to believe. Lord, I thank you. And sometimes that's easier said than done. I get it. but we have to share that with our kids. My wife would scratch my, you know, I say my, but our kids back every night and she would read them Psalm 92, 12 through 15. It starts, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the course of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit with old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. She would scratch their back every night and say that scripture. My kids could probably quote the scripture just like I could. And then she would tell them, she'd say, you're going to do great things for God. Don't miss it. Every night. It is our responsibility to share those in our sphere of influence, the greatness of God. Raise your sights. Does everybody where you work know that you're a believer? Everybody in your neighborhood know that you believe in God? If they don't, make this year a challenge. They will this year. Let me take them some gifts and say, you know what? God just told me to bless you if that's what he tells you to do. I want our kids to know when we serve God, nothing is impossible, nothing missing, nothing broken. What kind of bad news the papers say, what kind uh, the media is saying this and that, but I'm going to trust in the Lord thy God. It is him 
that I will trust in. All signs today point to a single truth. Here's our last point for this morning. Your ticket has been paid. The way for you to get there has been paid. The things that you need and you're believing for already paid. But it, it is the, the gap of that is us. We kind of don't believe it. Mm, it might be for him, but God, you know, I've, I've always struggled with this or I don't, you know, my faith has not been that. And I mean, I do go to church and it's already been paid. Remember the check. Would you act different if you know it's been paid? Would you be different? Would you, would you respond different? I don't believe, I believe Jesus is getting, I don't know when that will be, but I am not going out defeated, broken, busted, and disgusted. I'm, I'm like, you know, there was one Christian comedian, I, I don't remember his name, but he said when the rapture happens, he's going to grab two unbelievers, and as he's going up, he's going to get about 200 feet up and go, if you don't confess to Jesus, I'm going to let you go. <laughs> I believe, I believe, Okay. <laughs> But I mean, we need to understand that, you know, the world is, they don't know the things that you could know. I mean, the things that God wants to share with you, it's going to take your obedience to listen. You're going to have to, if he calls you away, go away. I mean, I've sat down at the table before, and I mean, I like food. I sat down, and she made a meal. You don't have to be so readily agree with that, you know. I mean, <laughs> okay, anyway. I'm sitting there, and I'm going to eat one of my favorite meals. And she, to put it lightly, she kills it. It's awesome. Homemade mashed potatoes, and she's got chicken and noodles. And we're, I mean, it's like carb heaven. And she's pouring it over there. Would you like some more? Oh, baby, just put as many on there as you can. And they're the big, thick noodles. They're not the little wannabe weenie noodles. They're the big ones. They're good. And he put the salt and the pepper on there. And I sat down, and the aroma, I've been looking forward to it all day. I sat down, and I got a fork in this hand, and I'm ready. And God says, I need to talk to you. Can it wait? You can heat that up in a little bit. I need to talk to you. Okay. And I would leave the table, and she would just be like, all right. You understand, it's not because I'm anybody, it's not that. I'm trying to tell you, you have to be willing, because he might tell you things that you need to hear. Could it be if you'd raise your sights? You know, I haven't always been obedient, and I still sometimes I struggle with that. I worked at Honda for seven years just, you know, going to get my schooling to do what I'm doing now. A little better in seven years, I think. On my way out of the building. There's a guy that, and I've told the story before, so I'll, I'll quicken it up, but he used to come and he'd pick up our trash and stuff, and, and he would deliver parts to you. you know, so you're on the assembly line. I don't even know his name. Let's just, I'll call him Walter. I don't know if that was his name. I don't know. Really nice guy, walked with a limp, and he'd push this cart, and he knew I was a believer. I got to talk to him, and I'd, uh, I'd just you know, say something to him, and he'd say, amen, brother. He'd say something, you know, and I'd say, Walter, you know, and, you know, whatever. Again, I don't know that's his name, but it sounds good, so Walter's good for now. 
And I came back to work. Well, I was leaving on a Friday. And I was walking out, and, and it is as if the Lord grabbed my head and my spirit. And Walter and I, he was maybe from here to the wall away, locked eyes. And Walter, I don't know how much of a believer Walter was. I don't know that he was a, when I say complete believer, I don't know what his faith was. I just know he knew I was, and sometimes people can put on. You can be a believer, they'll say they're a believer, but what they believe in, not so sure it's the same thing. But we locked eyes, and the Lord spoke to me as clear as I'm telling you now. He said, I need you to go talk to him about me. And now I have all of this time between now and there, and, and it's like Walter is looking into my soul almost. His eyes are piercing me. And I'm staring at him. I can't hardly get my eyes away from him. And his eyes, are, they were big and they were white. I, to this day, I can remember them. And I was telling God, God, Walter knows I believe. I think he's okay. I'll tell you what I'll do. Monday, that's what I'll do. God, I'll talk to Walter Monday. When he comes by with this cart Monday, I'll talk to him and maybe we can have a break or lunch or something here at the shop and I'll talk to him. And he just stared at me the whole way. I waved at him and I stared at him, but it was, it was different than before. I went home and I shrugged it off. I got back to work the next day and I was fixing my bin. I was getting all my stuff in there and the guy says, did you hear about uh, Walter? What do you mean? You know, Walter. Walter who? You know, the guy that has the limp, brings all the stuff. Yeah. Said, he died over the weekend. I said, what? He said, he, he died over the weekend. They said it was like a freak thing. They didn't know what, you know. My whole heart was just crushed. God had told me to talk to him, and I didn't. And it was as quiet as it is here inside me. I was just like, and I, I remember, I felt as if I could feel almost like somewhat of what Peter might have felt. I remember weeping, saying, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And my prayer was that somebody else talked to Walter before. I don't know, even know what I would have said because the Lord hadn't did it. Because you know why? I wasn't obedient in the first part. I didn't take the first step. If you, take, if you don't take the first step, why is he going to tell you anything else? Some of us are waiting, hey, I, I want this. He's like, you didn't do anything with the first thing I told you. So I told the Lord, so you want to know why? Sometimes you're like, man, he's bold. You want to know why? Because of that. Because that will never happen to me again. Not as long as I have breath. That's why when we're out in public sometimes, my wife will, but she'll just like, oh, I'm handing somebody a card or whatever. If I fail the Lord, I'm going to... Say, hey, we just want to invite you to church. I just want to, I'll tell you why. Because we got to raise our sights. We got to get something bigger than just us. This is not just about us. This is about people that are dying because they are afraid. And whatever's going on in this pandemic, they just need answers. God has answers. And so if we just, you know, if we can get ourselves secure in health in Christ, not just in our physical body, but in our mental mind. Because then we can discern what's right and what's wrong. We have to raise our sights. I really believe the biggest harvest in the church is coming. 
Luke 21, 28 says, when all these things begin to happen, stand and look for your salvation is near. I don't know about you, but I got to stay on the winning side. I got to say, Lord Jesus, if you need to prune something on me, then prune it. If I need to speak about something, I'll speak. If I need to invite, I'll invite. If I need to pray, I'll pray. If I need to be like Mallory or Pastor Kim, I don't care who's watching. Because the time to care about some of that stuff is the difference between miracles and not miracles. It's the people that take the bold step that weren't just on on game day, but on, on practice day. They didn't forsake that assembling. Not just coming to church, but meeting with God. You know that how Daniel got in trouble? Because he made it a practice to meet with God. And there are people that didn't like it. And Daniel just could, he didn't care. They gave an order. They made the king, they tricked the king to give an order. And Daniel was so used to it, he's like, this is more important to me than anything else. And so he did it. And that's how we got in the lion's den. But that's how the lions weren't hungry. I don't know why they didn't need him other than God. And there's so many times we, we could say, I don't know why this happened, but God. You have faith for this. Jesus has all power, and he is living inside you. Raise your sights. Bow your heads, close your eyes.